Postcards from Home. Lucy lives with her husband Will and their two young children in Salford in the United Kingdom. Before the pandemic, she was a sling librarian, consultant and a prolific content creator. Both Lucy and Will recently made the move to self-employment, which meant they weren't eligible for any government grants to sustain their businesses through lockdown. In this postcard, sent on the 11th of June, she reflects on family life in isolation, being autistic, and the challenges that their current situation presents as lockdown is lifted. I'm Lucy, um, and I live with my family, who are Will, and we've got two children, Cassius and Delilah. We also have a dog. His name is Elvis, and he's a Doberman. We've got two pet chickens called Miss Abbott and Mrs Green. I was thinking about in the beginning of lockdown and the smells and the sounds and the feelings that I had then and, and how it's differed to what it is now. I think now, as a family, we are isolating more than what we were initially. And by that, I mean, like, we now we, we're not really leaving the house for anything other than to go go for a walk, as in, like, we're getting the shopping delivered. We don't really see anyone anyway, except for the neighbours, but um, even Will's not going to the supermarket anymore. So we've not kind of gone along with any of the easing of lockdown, because we're just... Scared, I think, and confused. Where we live is quite busy, actually. It's probably describe it as the centre of Salford, where there's quite a lot of trees and parks and, and woodland and stuff near us, but we're on a main road, so the traffic is constant. And when lockdown started, all of that stopped, really stopped. And it was just so nice. It was just so still and peaceful. And you could hear everything I didn't realize how um, detrimental to your mental health not having that stillness is and, and how much calmer I personally felt from like from the quiet the normality pre-lockdown wasn't good for us we struggled with our place in society like we didn't earn enough money to live as a parent with a disability I'm not very supported at all. Financially, we were struggling. I don't know, just how we were, how we were surviving really wasn't wasn't very good. So when when lockdown came in, although like a lot of those things were there, it kind of felt like the the pressure had stopped. So there wasn't the urgency, and things weren't moving as fast, and and we didn't have to be places, and everything just went quiet for those initial six weeks and it was kind of a break it was stuff was awful but it was quiet and it felt a lot more still and maybe it was because everything got put into perspective a little bit and and it wasn't the sort of materialistic side of things and the financial side of things which I think is kind of what a lot of our stress did boil down to didn't really seem that important it was oh well if we do lose the house, then so what? We'll just have to deal with that. We'll have to deal with stuff as it comes. And we've both been left unemployed. And um, I remember saying to Will, gosh, this is kind of bad. This is the worst situation we've, we've probably been in. Before, 
we were hanging on, but we were still hanging on. And now we've just fallen. But I suppose, I don't know, it felt like we were walking a bit of a tightrope before. So there was a lot to keep up. We had to kind of stay balanced. The coronavirus, it just pushed us over the edge. So it was, well, what, what can you do? It's out of our control a bit. And, and that did come as a relief, actually. Like it kind of felt everything was out of our control. But then as things have started to pick back up again, we're still down off the tightrope and things are changing. Things are going more towards what people would call normal, I guess. But our situation's still the same, which is quite frightening, really, because there aren't jobs. There aren't, there isn't, we've got no money coming in. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really sure I feel like, I, yeah. <laughs> autistic and I struggle massively with sensory processing so auditory too much noise I can hear the M60 so we would be walking around the park and it would appear silent but I would be able to hear the traffic miles and miles away over anything else because that's all my mind would choose to like fix on so say for example if I went to work and I was doing a group with parents and there was it was in a cafe and there was all like the background noise for like the couple of hours I was doing it I would be able to deal with it like I wouldn't be sat there thinking oh I can hear the coffee grinder but then two hours later when I get home that would just hit me I would then have to deal with the sort of the consequences of exposing myself, so to speak, to to something like that. The same as dealing with people, like I have kind of an energy store, which I'm sure everybody will do to an extent. But I have to say I've got like I'm on 100 percent. And then speaking with people and being around people, even if it's not so much speaking going on, that takes so much from me as well. Whereas now... No one's going to turn up unannounced. I'm not going to have to go to anything. I don't have to be around people. For me, this is good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. Like I'm not saying this is this is how I should live. Like I'm just basically don't go go at the house unless Will's like, come on, let's walk the dog, let's do something. I would just be happy like pottering around, looking after the children, growing a few vegetables, and feeding the chickens. Like I don't know how long that might last. I might crack. <laughs> I'm really worried now that I've got so used to just being in this little like bubble uh, where I do exactly the same thing every single day. What's going to happen when I have to veer off that track? I went back to university a few years ago and I trained to be a teacher and then qualified and got a job in a really nice school in Cheatham Hill, which I loved. And then I got pregnant and then I had to go back to being a teacher with one child, which was horrendous. And then I got pregnant again. <laughs> and then I had to go back to work with two children, which was impossible. So I just left. Sometimes I feel like you've got to choose between your own mental health and the job. And that is what a lot of schools are asking of their teachers, have uh, mental well-being or, or do your job really so unfortunately the well fortunately the, the teaching kind of got pushed to one side so yeah so I set up my own sling library with a view to 
change how sling libraries operate within the area and just set up communities for families who needed to come out for half an hour and see a friendly face or needed to hire a carrier or just needed to sort of connect with people. So yeah, started that up with a friend who is a co-owner as well now and it was going really well. Uh, And then obviously we rely heavily on using public and communal spaces to run. So we've had to close for the time being. So that's kind of ground to a halt. (laughs) But um, yeah. Due to us both not being self-employed for over 12 months, we weren't able to sort of access any support by the government as well. So we kind of, (laughs) it was just, there was nothing. It was doors, doors just slamming. And I was a bit like, but I've been working for the government (laughs) for so many years. Um, But do you know what? Like, it's one of those things Like I wouldn't go back and change it. I wouldn't say oh if I could have just stayed teaching for a bit longer because I I just don't think that's not the people who we were the people who we were wanted to create their own businesses and wanted to be self-employed and wanted that flexibility and something like this is totally unpredictable This is a blog that I started in 2016 when my little boy was born and I struggled with lots of different things and I didn't I had not been diagnosed at this point so Cass never bless him his little soul he never wanted to sleep so I just used to sit up all night cuddling him and feeding him um, and just writing about parenting really and I just used to write poems and take photos and then we used carriers so uh, brands started asking to be involved in that way and then it just developed and it just kept going really and then when I opened the library I had to split my time between that and writing so that worked quite well and then when the pandemic came I started writing and, and every time every time I wrote something it just seemed really trivial People's interests shifted almost overnight. It was hard to find a talking point, really. So I just thought, in this situation, the best thing I can do is just not say anything and let people do what they've got to do, really. Which was good, because it meant that I had a break. I found that my mental health uh, improved dramatically from not having to constantly think about what I was going to write about or whether I'd taken photos or whether I was going to be able to get content created whilst being stuck inside my house. And I just thought, this isn't important. I need to concentrate on surviving. I just found that um, social media is it's quite a loud place, isn't it? But then, obviously, when lockdown started and everyone was stuck in their homes with their phones, it became very loud. It's like the world was there. And for me, I was like, nope, it's too much. <laughs> so I just went. I was like, I can't be doing any of this. It's like being in the, the Trafford Centre on a Saturday afternoon. And I felt no responsibility for being there. I didn't think I'm needed. I'm not, I don't need to be there. No one needs my opinion. It's gone very, very loud again with the fight against systematic racism, which is hugely important. And I think that 
it's loud, but it's a different kind of loud. There are voices in the mix now that weren't there before. And I think that these voices are hugely important. I had a really interesting conversation with a lady about a year ago who said that a lot of black voices, especially like pages that are run by people who are black or from uh, ethnic minorities, their pages are often either shut down or silenced or they don't fit the same algorithms as other things, which it's disgusting. I'm surprised. Not really. Not not at all. Not after the things that have come to light, especially within the past 12 months. So when the BLM marches started taking place, I just used my platform just to share things that other people have been been posting from these different communities. And that's kind of where I would like to go forward, I think, with Little Lifts. It would be good just to get some voices out there that are my voice. I feel a lot happier listening and reading and and projecting other people's voices. So it's important. I just would like people to be more aware of the gap within society and how it's widening and widening and widening. And I think that the virus and the lockdown has shown us that. Little Lifts is on Facebook and Instagram. The links are in the episode notes. Postcards from Home is produced by Eleanor Schember using music created by Kai Engel.